Good morning and welcome to Atheist Talk on KTNF AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Good morning to all of you joining us locally by radio and streaming online. We appreciate you tuning in. Today is Sunday, June 16th. My name is Maddie Love. With me in studio is Stephanie Zvan, and we are excited to be joined via Skype by Mandisa Thomas, president of Black Nonbelievers, who will be chatting with us about the upcoming Women of Color Beyond Belief Conference this October. This is an open conversation. We welcome and encourage listener interaction with your phone calls to 952-946-6205, your emails to radio at mnatheist.org, comment on the Facebook thread, or tweet us over at Atheists Talk. Stephanie Mendiza, thank you for joining me on this dreary, cloudy, and absolutely gorgeous summer morning. Thank you, Maddie. <laughs> thank you for having me. It is bright and sunny down here in Atlanta, so I'm sorry. <laughs> I am I not. To rub that in. <laughs> <laughs> now we've been we we've been dealing with weather that's kind of all over the place. So just a nice, quiet, cool, cloudy day is okay. So welcome back to the show, Mandisa. It hasn't even been that long. Yeah, February was the last time I was there in in person in the studio, which was a great experience. I really enjoyed it. Uh, Ditto. (laughs) Yeah, I will tell you that, you know, nothing down here has changed. So it's it's exactly as you're picturing it. (laughs) So we are here to talk about... um, the Women of Color Beyond Belief Conference, and that is this October um, in Chicago. What are the dates on that? Yes, the dates are October 4th through the 6th. It uh, will take place at the Marriott Chicago Midway by Midway Airport. And uh, it's going to be a full weekend of events um, that Friday night, October 4th, we will be um, having a reception and, and a screening of Sakibu's White Night's Black Paradise um, film. And then Saturday, we have a full program of um, talks, workshops, panel discussions, as well as the evening Divas Ball. I'm very, very excited about that. And on Sunday, it's going to be a half day of... Um, conference events, but then we're also going to do a meal packing service project once that ends. Uh, we've titled it Secure the Bag, um, and we're, the, 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 the project will benefit a local Chicago charity that does service people of color, um, preferably from all backgrounds, uh, LGBTQ, extended, uh, women, children, especially. So I'm really excited about what we have planned, and all of the speakers will be women of color that identify as atheist, humanist, and secular in in some way. So I'm looking forward to it, and I hope you are too. Oh, I certainly am, and we have a group that seems to keep growing from here in the Twin Cities that we're planning to go. So tell me a little bit about how this conference came to be. You're a busy person. Sakivu's a busy person. Uh, Brea, who's also working with you, is a really busy person. What made you decide you all needed to run another conference? Well, so, of course, over the years, um, Black Nonbelievers, um, has, we've done our share of events. And Sakibu has also collaborated on the Secular Social Justice Conferences and such. And over the period of time, in the eight years of activism, 
and when when I've been involved, Takibu Bria and I have cemented this working relationship and partnership um, within this movement that has been tested a few times. <laughs> uh, so, that never happens, <laughs> right? But one day, um, Takibu, we were all talking. We had the occasion to have a discussion, and Fatibu said that she wanted to put on a women's conference. And so seeing that, um, you know, being that events and, and putting on um, especially that, that center the voices of the marginalized is one of my specialties. <laughs> um, it was, we discussed it and was like, well, let's, let's just do it. Um, we, we, uh, we discussed the concept, what we, you know, what we wanted to, what our, what the vision was, and we also, uh, we also focused on our strength as individuals. You know, Sakibu was the the envision, the one who had the vision for it. Um, you know, I'm the one who basically, you know, can execute and and primate, not to say that we all can't, but you know, these are our strengths. Right. And then Bria provides the exuberance. You know, she's the one who can get people hyped up, you know, the one who can get people excited uh, about about this thing, uh, about things. And so putting our strengths together and working together on this event, especially to excite more people of color, as well as our allies who support us, like Secular Woman. I have to throw that in there. Thank um, you. And uh, just all of you're welcome. And for people in the movement who really are looking for that, you know, that, that change uh, to occur, you know, we've seen a lot of things happen in this movement. We see a lot of things that, are, that could be done a whole lot better. And there are actually people, especially women and women of color, who are doing this work, yet we don't always get the credit that we deserve. So, um, and, and we couldn't wait for other people to do it, you know, now that we have the, the, the avenues to do so, then, then we're going to be the ones to put this on. And so um, that was really how it, it came about. We just, we discussed it one day and we said, you know what, this is, this is what we're going to do. So, so we just did it. Excellent. Um, so uh, right before that, you had the three of you and a couple of other activists had been featured in The Humanist. Is that correct? Focusing on um, not specifically women of color, but black women in The Atheist. Correct. And that was, uh, that was a springboard uh, for women of color beyond belief as well. The fact that um, Sakibu had, um, she contacted a few of us about this, uh, about this article in The Humanist magazine. And uh, it ended up being five of us, uh, myself, Sakibu, Bria, Liz Ross, and Candace Gorham, uh, who's the author of the Ebony Exodus Project. Uh, she is very much, you know, a partner and a sister of ours as well. And so, yes, that was um, one of the catalysts for uh, the, to, to help um, promote the conference and um, to help, you know, the momentum because, um, you know, from, from that time last year, uh, as well as a feature in Playboy that um, I was in, that's always fun to say, um, <laughs> it was the right time for us to use, you know, to, to utilize that. 
as a way to say, hey, you know, there are black women, atheist humanists that are making their mark in this community. And there's many more of us, there's much more women, there's many more women of color that are in this movement. And so if anyone is interested and has been paying attention, then this, then, then this is what uh, we're, we're prepared to do, you know, as a result of this. You know, it, it, you don't just have to read about us in the articles uh, and online. You can actually support what we do and meet us in person, which is an area that is very, very near and dear to me because that is where the difference is made, is engaging people in person, whether it is social, whether it is doing something um, to help people in different ways. Um, that, 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 that human contact is, is, is what, where it starts, where it begins. So how often at atheist and other secular conferences in the U.S. do women of color actually get to meet each other and, and talk about their work? Um, you know, it's, while it has increased, and I will say that that is largely due to our participation uh, black non-believers as an organization, it still happens very seldom. Um, we have actually started doing more events annually, like our cruise convention that's also coming up. Um, but at the other conferences, there's, there are a few in particular where there are no, there are maybe one to two women of color that may be featured, and there's probably none that's in the audience because uh, the you know because the lineup is predominantly male and white, so uh, then that isn't to say that there may not be something that can be offered, but more often than not, um, there are no there the subject matter isn't really relevant, and it doesn't resonate with women of color, and so um, it can be few and far in between. There are some. There are some organizations who have uh, improved uh, in their lineup. They have been featuring more, more people of color, more women of color, but there's still far too often only like maybe two to three at, at these events. So uh, with, with what we do is that, you know, of course, there's going to be more than that because we engage many more people of color, especially women of color, and we know what they bring to the table, and we think others should know it as well. And so, um, you know, from, from there, that's where we decided that things needed to change because there are still improvements to be made with other organizations and their inclusion efforts. So it is very much one of those, if you don't do it now, nobody's likely to do it anytime soon. Right. Or they and won't do it as well. I'm gonna, <laughs> that too. Or they won't do it as well. I'm going to have yeah, to jump that. in and, and cut you two off. I'm sorry. We're about to go into a commercial break. Please stay with us through the break. Stephanie and I will return to Atheist Talk with our guest, Mendisa Thomas. You're listening to AM 950 KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Welcome back to AM 950 KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota. 
You're tuned into Atheist Talk. I'm your host, Maddie Love, joined in studio by my co-host, Stephanie Zvan. And in just a moment, we'll return with our guest, Mandisa Thomas, president and founder of Black Nonbelievers, who is here to discuss the upcoming Women of Color Beyond Belief Conference being held in Chicago this October. I know you just finished listening to commercials, but I wanted to give my weekly thank you to both Minnesota Atheists and Cucumbers Restaurant in Edina for their support of Atheist Talk. We are supported by Cucumbers in Edina, and their buffet is extraordinary. The staff friendly and the atmosphere perfect for large groups, families, or even just two folks who want to chat after a Sunday morning radio broadcast. If you would like to join us and advertise on this program and help keep us on the air, please contact us at radio at mnatheist.org. And now back to Mendisa Thomas. If you'd like to get involved in the conversation, you can call us at 952-946-6205, email us at radio at mnatheist.org, join the thread on Facebook, or tweet us over at Atheist Talk. Welcome back, Mandisa. So I'm glad to be back. Thank you. Before we went to break, we were talking about um, how you, you and I mean that collectively for the, the conference organizers, are uniquely positioned to... Um, pull together the talent that you are for the conference. And this is something that I have noticed before, um, both with Black Nonbelievers conferences and with the Secular Social Justice conferences, is that, um, you know, I get there, uh, or I, I look longingly online because I can't be there, um, and I'm seeing a lot of names that I just don't see anyplace else in the movement. Um why are we missing all of these these women of color who are, you know, really very strong activists and secular? Well, I think part of it is that the the larger uh, overall community, unfortunately, uh, still looks for that star power. You know, um, they look for names that will be draws to their event. Which is understandable because our organizations, you know, need, uh, you know, we need money and credibility and also the ability to, you know, and, and bringing people together is, is still a good thing. But unfortunately, in our community, we're, we're still very male-driven and still very, um, I guess, notoriety-driven. So you have um, many people or many, many speakers who are predominantly white and male who they resonate with a certain audience. And um, unfortunately, uh, the women, the women in the movement, um, I would say myself included, you know, um, who are doing the grunt work, if you will, the, the ones who are doing the almost every day um, connecting with people and doing logistics on the back end somehow that doesn't seem to be as interesting to, we don't seem to be as interesting to hear from than the ones who are kind of on the main stage quite a bit and um, who may have written uh, certain books, who have, may have certain shows that may be of interest to other people. And uh, again, I don't like to take away from, you know, the credit that they've built, um, or, or some of them anyway, <laughs> but unfortunately, I won't ask you to name any names. Get, right. <laughs> but unfortunately, there's still a lot of, 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 of people of color and women of color who just don't seem to fit the, you know, the profile of what certain organizations and, and events are looking for, which is unfortunate. But 
uh, and, and there's an ability for, you know, to have those voices better developed and, 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 better, uh, and better publicized. Um, and, and what I found is in speaking with many, um, many groups uh, across the country is that unfortunately there is still a level of ignorance uh, surrounding what marginalized people, what other marginalized folks go through to the point where they don't even think about our voices that much. And it does need to change, but can we force it? Um, no, but, you know, we can continue to put on the, you know, the events that we know focuses on the people who need us. And so, you know, from, from there, that's where we continue to, you know, we continue to move, to move forward. Right. Um, looking at the list of speakers, you know, I, I notice a few. Obviously, the the organizers for this work within the secular movement itself. Um, Lalandra Ra has, has done a, a bunch of work on um, the teaching of evolution. But most of these names that I see are not people who are specifically working on secular issues. Do you, Is that something that you see uh, with women who are, are non-believers and activists? Well, yes. They're often our work does intersect. Um, there's a lot of work on, um, you know, the criminalization of, of marijuana and uh, also uh, women's rights, um, uh, LGBTQ issues, uh, racial, um, racial justice or racial injustice. I, I, would, I would go so far to say that these are issues that pertain to the secular movement, um, though, though they do t- pertain to society as a whole, but and particularly to, um, to marginalized communities. Um, but these are women who are secular that are working in these, um, in, in, you know, in these movements or these, in these areas, and their voices deserve to be heard. But also, um, there's, there, there tends to be this... Um, you know, this diminishing of our secular perspective, even within those other movements. And we think that needs to change as well. Uh, people, women and other people of color should be able to assert their secular atheist humanist identity within any movement that they're in and it not be an issue. Because obviously there are serious concerns and there are serious issues that are at hand that, that need to, there's serious reform that needs to be worked on but if there is some sort of, if there would be any repercussions, if you, you know, if one is to reveal or disclose their identity, then, you know, then, then that's something that we need to fight against as well. So there are a number of things on the table that, that others may not consider that we have to. Excellent. Um well, and I'm thinking of that as I'm looking at the, the list and thinking about um, Deanna Adams and uh, Ashton, um, whose last name I'm blanking on at the moment, down in Houston and thinking about the way that, you know, in particular, um, LGBTQ identities are intersecting with the Black Lives Movement down there. Mm-hmm. And that yes. this is one of those places where a secular perspective um, maybe particularly welcome. Absolutely, because our perspective uh, is, or it should include, or does and should include, 
actual solutions as to what people can do. And there are many things that people are doing, but they still attribute them to some sort of God or divine entity. And if they want to, that's fine, but there are many of us who do not. Um, And oftentimes that does get in the way of the ability or want to work with some people. Because I will tell you um, that I personally really do have issues with working on something that is considered interfaith. And if someone is actually there, if they're actively attributing their work to their God and think that others should too, that's a turnoff for me. All right. I'm going to have to cut you right there. Speaking of turnoffs, (laughs) I'm going to coach another break. Okay. (laughs) Please stay with us. Please stay with us at the break. Stephanie and I will return to Atheist Talk with our guest, Mandisa Thomas. You're listening to AM950 KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Thank you for tuning in to Atheist Talk on AM950 KTNF. I'm your host, Maddie Love, in studio with Stephanie's van, and we are chatting via Skype with Mandisa Thomas, president and founder of Black Nonbelievers. If you'd like to chat with us this morning, you can call us at 952-946-6205, email us at radio at mnatheist.org, or find the thread on Facebook or tweet us at Atheist Talk. Before we return to Mandisa, I wanted to also thank our group of dedicated volunteers and the generous donations of you, our listeners. You help keep Atheist Talk on the air and in podcast. We are very grateful to all of our donors for their support. If you are able to help with a donation, please consider doing so at our radio fun page or our Patreon, where you can get extended interviews over at patreon.com slash Atheist Talk. Minnesota Atheist is a 501c3 tax-deductible organization. We couldn't do this show without you, and we deeply appreciate your support. Music for Atheist Talk is by composer and member Brent Michael Davids, and is used with permission. Please note all opinions are of guests and hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the Minnesota Atheist organization. And with that mischief managed, let's get back to Mandisa Thomas. All right, Mandisa. So before we got so rudely interrupted by sorry. commercials, not you, Mandy, oh, commercials. As usual, the transgender community sticks their point nose in and cuts off. Oh, we were talking about the difficulty of of working in interfaith spaces on um, on activist work and. I think you still have more to say about that, Mandisa. Am I correct? Um, you know, I I think I was finishing up that point. Okay. But, um, I was I was basically saying that I know for me it is very difficult to work in interfaith spaces that actively push their beliefs as if everyone is supposed to share them. Um, that is a that is a huge red flag and a turnoff for me, and I'm sure it is for others too. Yeah, we were we were actually talking during the break, and like I was bringing up how the Transgender Day of Visibility is something that I mean it's held in a very ecumenical church here in Minneapolis, but it's still in a church. And if you even bring yeah. up that maybe we should have this somewhere outside of a church or have a second event or you know a second large event outside of a church, it's kind of like why? It's like because church is a big turnoff for me like that. <laughs> That's a big, I'm happy that people of faith have their place to go to, to find solace, but that's the, it does the exact opposite for me. Exactly. And um, this idea that, again, that we're all supposed to share this, you know, that this, this, this notion that faith comforts us all, it, it does not. And I don't, I, I don't think that that's something that should be lost in 
what in the other things that we're trying to do. You know, we have we have a lot of we have a lot of battles that we're fighting, and um, and and I think that to for me it feels like sort of a concession that we're conceding to the the demands of you know like the, the religious. And I understand it's this you know it's just a building, it's a space, but there are other buildings and there are other spaces where we can continue to, you know, to, to do this work. And it, it isn't the only option. Well, and there's also a great deal of difficulty with with the way that the evangelical religions in the U.S. have um, married themselves to conservative political views and conservative political activism. Um, there's a lot for religion to answer for. Um, in the U.S. Yeah. And having – doing some of that work or even having some conversations around these issues with religious people who may not have been involved on that side of it because they don't agree but but aren't even willing to talk about how religion has been used in this context is is difficult. Yes. Um, you're absolutely right. And this certainly is a point of contention within the black community. Um, you know, I, I was I was recently at an event in Washington, D.C. called Disrupt the Narrative, and it centered African-American perspectives on religious freedom. And um, there was a lot of, of valid and needed, much-needed discussion about white supremacy and um, its, its role in this, quote-unquote, religious freedom that was also used to perpetuate slavery in this country um, and also acts against other marginalized people. Um, the, the, you know, of course, from my perspective, though, is that many in the black community still perpetuated ourselves, this, this idea of this unintended and subliminal idea of white supremacy and in, in who is worshipped and also how we treat uh, members of our community who are who are LGBTQ, you know, who are atheists, who are aren't traditionally religious, and so some of that has been carried on uh, through through generations and through a sense of tradition, and this is often a part of the conversation that is maybe very uncomfortable for people to hear, but it needs to be said that we can. It's often an elephant in a room conversation that, you know, we are kind of worshiping this, we are worshiping this God, or we've taken on these attributes of particular of a particular God that was, you know, who, who, who was basically responsible for uh, the institutional factors in our community, the institutional problems. And so there's a lot to unpack there um, that many may, you know, may perceive to be combative. And at times it might be, but... I know I always try to approach the subject with care and tact. It may not, it isn't always easy to do, but it's a necessary conversation to have. So while we're talking a little bit about um, religion and some of its effects on the black community, this sounds like a really good time to uh, explain a little bit about the, uh, the movie that you're showing at the conference on Friday night. Um, Sakivu. Hutchinson wrote a book called White Knight's Black Paradise. What is that about? Yes, so it's a novel based 
on events surrounding the Jonestown tragedy, the Jonestown massacre. Uh, for those who aren't familiar with Jim Jones, he was a very um, radical evangelical preacher who started his own ministry, the People's Temple, uh, started in the Midwest, and then they migrated out to the Bay Area in San Francisco, where the congregation became large, but also became very abusive and um, and and all sorts of stuff. Uh, there, there's plenty of um, documentaries and books out on on Jim Jones and the People's Temple, and eventually they moved to Guyana, where they um, grew even more large, and uh, things became pretty contra- more controversial and dangerous out there too. Until uh, one day in November of 1978, uh, he basically led a mass suicide slash murder where almost a thousand people, primarily, primarily people of color, primarily black folks, lost their lives. And uh, this was this was one of the more extreme examples of how following um folks who have an extreme God complex can be deadly. And unfortunately, he, a lot of black folks in particular, really put their faith and trust in him. He was able to manipulate a lot of people of color first, by first um, performing, you know, good acts and good deeds, but ultimately they went to his own self-preservation and self-benefit. Um, and, uh, we, and, and unfortunately... You know, with the, you know, with the practice of just, you know, giving things on faith and, and following people and needing a savior, this is how he was able to do so. Because people still look at that white savior and white master as being the ones who can lead us. And this is a very, very dangerous, um, this is a very, very dangerous view to have. It's a very dangerous view to have of anyone, but this was one of those cases where, this really, really was a problem. Yeah, and, you know, I, I heard about the Jonestown Massacre growing up, but I had literally no idea until Sakivu's book came out that so much of the congregation was black because Jones has always been the face of that massacre and he, you know, he was the white leader of all of this. So I literally no idea. Um, but... We have a little bit of time left in the segment, and I would love to talk about something more cheerful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so tell me about this. Did you say Divas Ball? Yes. So our Saturday night event, which is the, you know, you, at most conferences there is a, you know, like a, a, a dinner, and uh, that's a part. And so we're doing something a little different. It's called the Red Carpet Divas Ball. And so this is going to be where, you know, all conference attendees, especially the women with a spotlight on the women, you know, we can dress up. We're going to have a good time. We're going to, you know, we're going to dance. You know, we're going to, um, you know, we're, we're going to, we're going to sing. It's going to be fun the, the way we do things. So if you've ever attended a black non-believers event, much of it is very festive. Um, you know, we tend to like to incorporate a lot of elements from our community and something that we can all relate to. It's going to be similar to the Skepticon dance that, you know, that that's always done. That's those, that's fun, but it's definitely going to be a little extra added D and flavor to it. And so, probably um, slightly very, very, fewer dinosaurs. Uh, 
Yes, yes. <laughs> no dinosaurs at all. Okay. Now, of course, if some people want to come in a to dinosaur show up in a costume, dinosaur they're more than welcome because um, Skepticon uh, will be represented there. So, um, yeah, if they want to come in a, co- in a dinosaur costume, they can, but, you know, they'll probably be the only one. <laughs> but I'm sure that'd be fun. <laughs> Excellent. Um I'm sorry, I just have this picture of a dinosaur in sequence at the moment. And I oh my get gosh. Rid of it. <laughs> a glittersaurus. <laughs> a glittersaurus, yes. Yeah, that's how we do DNA sequencing. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, Mandy. That's funny. <laughs> Mandy's just looking at me and laughing. Oh, so. Sorry. <laughs> I have I have never been to a Skepticon dance, so and at, nor have I been to a Black Non-Believers dance. Uh, I am a wallflower <laughs> kind of person. <laughs> so, would a wallflower kind of person still have fun at at, at the dance ball? Absolutely, absolutely, you will. Whether you're just observing, whether you're just you know sitting there and, and enjoying, you know, just some time to yourself, you're you're going to have a good time. Awesome. Although, I will warn you, I tend to drag observers out onto the dance floor occasionally. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. That'll be on... Maddie, that's going to be on Stephanie, not me. Fair. Fair. I'm big on consent, so, you know. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We do have to go to commercial pretty soon. Um, So we have one more segment here. Um, and I think for that segment, I'd like to talk a little bit about some of the speakers because they are going to be people who our listeners haven't heard of. So when we come back from the break, um, a couple of people who we've already mentioned and, and a few others who maybe I've never heard of. So if you're ready to tell me a little bit about them, that would be great. Absolutely. All right, well, we'll return to our guest, Mandisa Thomas, right after this short commercial break. I'm Mighty Love in studio with Stephanie's Van, and you're listening to Atheist Talk on AM 950 KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Welcome back to AM 950 KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota. You're tuned into Atheist Talk. I'm your host, Mighty Love, and I'm joined in studio by Stephanie's Van. And we're happy to be joined by the founder and president of Black Nonbelievers, Mandisa Thomas, as we have a conversation about the upcoming Women of Color Conference. No, Women of Color Beyond Belief Conference. I totally missed two of those words. <laughs> They're important words. Well, <laughs> right. I mean, like, a Women of Color Conference is important, but it's not really talking about what this conference is about. Yes. There's a big, important aspect missing. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. And yeah, I'm, just, I'm like looking at something and going, you know, hey, whenever you want to start talking, it works for me. <laughs> I could actually say those things, though. That helps. Um, so we were going to talk uh, a little bit about some of the speakers who you have. Um, I'm going to pull out a couple of names here who I um, – people I have not seen talk and, and maybe have just heard about a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Who is Sandra Booker? So um, Sandra Booker is a jazz musician out of, based in the Los Angeles area. I first met Sandra and um, when she used to host a blog talk show called American Vernacular, and uh, she had me on as a guest. She is an outspoken atheist, and like I said, she's a jazz singer. 
And she's actually going to be performing more than likely at the Divas Ball. So you'll have an opportunity to hear her sing. Excellent. And uh, she also just, uh, she recovered from cancer. Uh, She recently went through cancer treatment. And I don't recall the type of, you know, uh, unfortunately, you know, cancer is cancer. But I don't remember what type of cancer she was recovering from. But she uh, successfully recovered from uh, the treatment. And so, um, and I think that she attributes her non-belief to making, you know, to her strength in, in, in going through it. So, um, you know, we're very, very happy to, uh, to have her and, uh, you know, incorporate her talent, as it, especially as it pertains to our position, because there are many uh, creative atheists and, and black atheists, and especially uh, women, um, who deserve their, you know, who, who deserve their voice in this movement. Excellent. Um, how about Mashariki Lawson Cook? Yeah, so Mashariki, that's my girl. Um, she is the organizer, uh, one of the founders and the chief organizer of the Black Humanists and Nonbelievers of Sacramento. Uh-huh. Um, so they do a lot of work in within the local area there in Sacramento. Uh, we've been acquainted with them for a while. They're sort of like uh, unofficially affiliated um, you know, with us, unofficially affiliated with us, and um, they host regular meetings. They they always participate in the California Free Thought Day every year, and uh, so she they do a lot of good work spreading the the word of um, <clears throat> excuse me humanism and atheism in the Sacramento area. Okay, and Marquita Tucker. Yes, yeah, so Marquita is one of the um, she is the co-founder. I mean, she's a co-organizer for our Detroit affiliate, along with Bria. And um, so she has her, she has an outstanding story to tell about overcoming um, domestic violence, uh, domestic abuse, and also overcoming areas of her life in which she was a former Jehovah's Witness, and uh, just really coming out of belief and raising her family. She has four children. And also completing her master's degree and uh, just hearing from her and, and other women like her who have, you know, have survived. You know, they've, they've survived some very, very traumatic um, circumstances to come through stronger and to also do so without, you know, depending on that belief and faith and coming out of it. So um, where we're more than happy to have her, she's one of our first-time speakers. She's going to be at the conference as well as the cruise. So more than happy to, to have her here. Wonderful. Um, so you've mentioned the cruise several times, and, and that's not actually what we're talking about um, right. today. But you want to give a quick explanation for people who are wondering what's, what's, what's this cruise thing? Yes. So after the Women of Color Beyond Belief Conference is our third annual cruise convention, aptly titled BNCCon. Um, we've been doing this now for the past, uh, since 2017. And so twenty in 2019, we're sailing again from November 10th through the 16th. And so, um, you know, we have a few speakers, uh, myself, Bridget Crutchfield, uh, Victor Harris, and Marquita Tucker among them. And uh, you can find more information on our website, Uh, in addition to information about women of color beyond belief, uh, which I'd like to uh, definitely end talking about and uh, definitely like to thank 
some of our sponsors for this, um, you know, Secular Woman, uh, Recovering from Religion, the Freedom from Religion Foundation, the American Humanist Association, uh, Atheists United, and a few other individual donors and sponsors who have, uh, who have contributed and have pledged their support for this event. Okay. And we have a little bit of time left, so don't feel like you need to wrap up or anything, but I wanted to give you plenty of time to um, basically tell people how to find more information uh, about the conference. Um, yes. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So first, you can find um, the website for the conference is wocbeyondbelief.com. Uh, you can find more information there about the speakers, about the mission, um, where to book your hotel room, where to register. And also, if you visit our website at blacknonbelievers.org, there is a special promotion. There is a matching contribution from Phil Ferguson. Uh, if you type on the uh, Phil Ferguson Show tab, you can either register or donate through that link, and there's a matching contribution of up to $5,000 that runs through the end of this month. So you can find the web, you can find the information directly at our website, as well as wocbeyondbelief.com. And we do have a Twitter, we do have a Twitter account at wocbeyondbelief. We're also on Instagram at wocbeyondbelief, and we are on Facebook at Women of Color Beyond Belief. So you can find information about this wonderful conference, some of everywhere on the Internet. Excellent. So is this something we're going to see again, maybe? Well, we certainly hope so. We, we want to make this a, a consistent event, whether it is uh, annual or maybe every couple of years. But we, we hope that it is something that we can do annually or definitely very frequently because as we have, in, in my eight years of being involved in this community, I've had the, the, for, the good fortune to have engaged and connected with quite a few women, especially women of color. And there, are, there will be more that are, are coming up after us. One of the primary um, missions of Black Nonbelievers is to help grow not just the membership, but also leadership and uh, developing more, more leaders and more, more speakers and organizers that, are, that can contribute very, very sufficiently to this movement. And, All right. Um, we are out yeah. of time, but thank you, Mandisa. <laughs> thank you, Mandisa. You're was... quite welcome. Thank you very much for having me again. <laughs> thank you for tuning in to Atheist Talk. We'd love for you to join us again next Sunday. And remember, if you missed an episode live, you can always catch the podcast. I'm proud to be on the air with Minnesota Atheists and hope you've enjoyed the show. The show depends on the generous support of our donors, members, and sponsors. Please consider donating and supporting the show through the donation link at mnatheist.org. This has been Atheist Talk on AM 950 KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota.